Good morning. I'm Pastor Jennifer. I am uh, the pastor of Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. We are a new church plant and uh, would love to have you follow along with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Again, that's Bryan Community Church. Uh, we are a new church plant, and so we are unable yet to live stream our services as we are just getting started and developing. And so I just want to thank you for joining us here uh, in this regard. Uh, this is um, a time in which uh, I follow up in the week with the sermon that I preached the week and before. And so a couple days ago, uh, I shared this sermon with my congregation. And I just thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions or if you have any special prayer requests or would like more information about the church or if you would like us to reach out to you, you can email us at info at bryancommunitychurch.org. Again, that's info at bryancommunitychurch.org. Can you hear that? My dogs are outside playing just in case you heard some like growling. <laughs> they're, they're fine. They're just... Um, they're just making some noise. Anyways, uh, so I want to share with you our message today. It comes from John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles with you, you can follow along. Um, if you don't have a Bible, uh, if you go on to Bible Gateway, there you can find online versions of the Bible. Um, I often read from the NIV, but there's all kinds. And if you're new to this, this faith thing, and maybe you're not a Christian at all, don't hesitate to to put in your search engine John chapter four and it'll pull up. Um, so the this Bible can be intimidating. There's 66 books in this in this one book, and so um, you know there's there's no shame in in googling. Anyway, so we're in John chapter four. It's a familiar story to many people, uh, but again, I'd encourage you to to go over and read it today and over the next few days. Um, at the beginning, we are told that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He and his disciples, they were on their journey. He was in the midst of his ministry, and, um, and he had to go through this countryside. Now, I'd like you to underline the word had, and I want you to take note that uh, Jews, who Jesus and the disciples, they were of the Jewish background, the Jews and the Samaritans, they did not get along. And so this is why um, underlining the word had is so important. Um, if you can follow this for many, many years, the, the Jews and the Samaritans, um, there was tension between them. You know, folks had disagreements over the proper place to worship. Uh, the Jews always gave the Samaritans a, a hard time because they were um, influenced by outside religions, other gods. And so, of course, the Jews, they just, they would be quick to point out um, all of their faults and failures and, and why they were wrong and the Jews were right. Um, kind of sounds like some of our, our culture today, we have different groups, um, you know, going against one another and, and they're quick to judge. Uh, but that's uh, another story for another day. Um, the adversity was so great that Jews would actually go out of their way to avoid Samaritans. And so Jesus had to go through Samaria. So our ears should perk up and this should uh, be a sign that says, hey, listen up, we're going to learn something from our Lord. So while Jesus goes into Samaria, he finds himself in the small town of Sakar, and he's tired from his journey as anyone would be. 
walking all day long and he finds himself in the hottest part of the day at noon and he rests at a well. He's hot, he's tired, he's thirsty. He wants something to drink. And while there, there was a woman at the well who approached him and uh, surprisingly, Jesus spoke to her because Jews would not speak to women out in public. It was a, a social taboo. Um, and so here we find Jesus talking to a woman. So again, like this, he's a radical here. You know, first he goes into a town that um, anyone would never be caught dead in if they were Jewish. Uh, and now he's in a town in front of everyone out in the open talking to a woman. And he has this dialogue in John chapter 4, verses 7 through 26. And so if you would, um, I'm going to read it to us um, and you can follow along. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say that you have no husband. And the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied. Woman, by the way, was a term of endearment back then. Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now, again, this passage is ripe with surprises. Not only does Jesus go to what others would deem an uncomfortable territory with the people that they do not like, trust, or respect, uh, Jesus also finds himself talking to this woman, as I had shared before. Uh, again, not a cultural norm of the time and perhaps a little risky and scandalous. Uh, women, too, uh, they were not treated with respect or equality at the time. And they were treated more like property to be treated. So again, for Jesus to stop what he's doing and see that there's value in this woman and to dialogue with her, 
lots of lessons there. Certainly a lesson that all people are valued. It doesn't matter who or what boundary or what other people might say or deem um, that that person is. In God's eyes, every person is valuable. And Jesus teaches us that lesson. And he talks to her and he reveals to us and um, and to her that, that she had quite a past. Unlike many stories told, um, we don't know what the past was. Uh, let me say this to you. What the scripture does not tell us is that she was a prostitute. And I, I point this out because a lot of times this passage has been uh, taught incorrectly that people would just assume that, that she was a, a, a seedy woman, that she she had um, you know kind of an, an ugly past and maybe she made some poor decisions in her life. But... It doesn't say that here. In fact, um, we don't know her past. Um, we could assume a couple things that um, if she has had five husbands, if you've had one husband, if you've been in any kind of relationship, relationships are hard. And now to know that she has had five husbands, I'm sure that has been difficult. Can you imagine the emotions that she has been through, um, the highs and the lows? Now, we're not told why exactly she's had five husbands. Um, it could have been of a couple reasons. One, she could have been divorced five different times, or her husbands could have died. Either way, a difficult life. And we know that um, she was coming in the middle of the daytime, most likely because women would come during the morning to get their water because it was a cooler part of the day. But here she's in the middle of the day, we know that her past has been difficult, and I just wonder how many people were talking about her. And so it might have been easier for her to come during the noon hour as opposed to first thing in the morning. And so honestly, when we read this, um, I think we should read it with compassion and concern for the woman as opposed to a place of judgment. Um, I've heard people say, well, she, you have had five husbands, you know, and I don't think Jesus said it that way. I think he was very matter of the fact. You have had five husbands, and now the man you're with, he's not your husband. You know, back then, as I said, women were treated like property. They were passed on from one family member to the next when a husband passed away. How difficult would that have been, especially if you were a strong, independent woman? Oh, gosh, that would eat us up. Imagine what what she felt like, and, and any woman back then would have felt like. This woman, she was looking for hope. She needed to be seen, and she needed to um, be talked to and shown love and compassion. And isn't that true? How many people, they need to feel seen and heard and loved and have compassion on them. Notice what Jesus did. First of all, he purposely put himself in an uncomfortable situation, place, and position. Jesus spoke to her, I think, without judgment, and he revealed himself to her. Like God revealing God's self to Moses in the wilderness. She would have been familiar with this story. God said to Moses, I am. Jesus said, I am he. I am the Messiah. I am the long-awaited prophet. I am the one who brings life. If you follow me, you know, she had come as Jesus had come for living water to quench their thirst for the day. 
But Jesus offered her something that would quench her thirst for a lifetime. This is the hope that she was waiting for. And this is the hope that a lot of us are waiting for. So a couple different lessons. Three I want to point out. Three, if you can take these home with you. First, notice Jesus and his mannerisms that he reaches out and how he does it. He goes to someone unlike himself. He uses humility and vulnerability. And I say humility for this reason, is that he asks for help. Jesus is the son of God, right? He has all the power of God within him. And yet he humbles himself and asks the woman for help. He doesn't think that he's any greater than she is. We can't think that we are any greater than anybody else. We need to be humble like Christ. And then I say vulnerability because, you know, he had his disciples with him. And later his disciples come back and they see him talking to this woman. People would have talked about Jesus and they would have asked questions and they would have pointed fingers. Because what Jesus did, according to the culture, you didn't do. So Jesus made himself vulnerable because he put him in a self Um, He put himself in a position in which people would have talked about him and criticized him. Yet that wasn't important to him. What was more important was that woman and sharing living water, sharing hope, and showing her that she is loved and valued by God. Brothers and sisters, we cannot be afraid of what other people are going to think and say to us in order to share the hope of Christ with the world. We can't worry about the critics. We just have to concentrate on Jesus and our call to love God, to love people, and to share hope. So Jesus demonstrates who we are called to be. But then secondly, if you feel like you keep drinking or consuming something, but you can't seem to quench your thirst, maybe you're going to the wrong well. Okay. Now this one's, this one's hard and I know that I'm probably stepping on some toes. But let me use this as an example. If you think working 24-7 to earn a certain title, a certain degree, a certain retirement plan is going to be the thing that fills you and sustains you, I have tough news for you. It's not. That well will dry up. That water will make you thirsty again. You'll find yourself in this cycle that you'll keep going around and around and around but you will never find true hope and satisfaction. And people do this all the time. And if I'm not careful, I will do it as well. That if we think that we're living a certain lifestyle, if we just have a certain lifestyle, we just have a certain house or car, vacation or drink or pair of shoes or guns or properties or drugs, whatever that is, if we just think that we could have stuff in our life or even people in our life, if we just have the right man or if we just have the right woman in our life, if we think that that is going to satisfy our thirst, bring peace, bring satisfaction, it's not. We're going to the wrong well. If anything, this passage should give you a, a sense that, that you can breathe. Like you can know that you can stop chasing whomever or whatever because it's, it's Christ. When you put your faith and your hope in him, then it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. There's this peace that surpasses all understanding that I promise you, you will find. 
But you gotta stop chasing and you have to stop returning to that well, thinking that you won't thirst any longer. Security, safety, peace can only be found in Christ when you know that you are loved and you are valued by him and nothing else matters. I just want you to think about that for a minute. Think about that today and in the days to come. And this third point comes from John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. And I just want to read it to you as we finish up. We are told that after Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman, we are told many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. The woman was so excited about what Jesus shared with her and her revelation that indeed he was the Messiah, that he was uh, not just any prophet, but he was the prophet, that she went into the town and she went to people that she knew. She probably went to people that she didn't knew and she shared this story with them. And brothers and sisters, this is a lesson. If we have been believers, you know, there's this, this risk that after time, we can take our faith for granted. And I think this story should wake us up. It should remind us of, of why we have put our faith in Christ in the first place, to know that, that God loves us and values us and cares us, and that we have found our peace by resting in him. This should be what motivates us to go out and share this uh, with all the world, as Jesus says. It should start here in our homes, with our husbands and our wives and our children, but we should go to our place of work and we should go to the place where we like to have coffee and we should go to the place in which we volunteer our time or where we find ourselves, maybe in a soccer field or around a basketball game or a baseball game. And we talk about our faith and we invite others to know. And we allow uh, seeds to be planted and Jesus to work on those seeds, to water those seeds so that they might grow so that people can stop chasing after um, what the world calls happiness. Because the world's wells, well, they dry up. The world's water has us coming back for more. But Christ's water, the living water, we will never be thirsty. And I pray this for you. I pray that you hear the word of God and you know the word of God, that you would be encouraged by the word of God, that you find hope in Christ, that you find motivation, and that you are encouraged to go out into all the world, to love God, to love people, and to share his hope. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And until you join me again next time, may you be in peace. Amen.